Hey y'all, a quick warning. This episode contains discussion of mental illness and suicide. Okay, here's the show. So today's vanity plate says H-I-P-P-I-C-H-K. It's a North Carolina plate. What do you think it means? Is someone hip? Is someone cool? Or a hippie? Oh, hippie chick. It's a hippie chick. A hippie chick. I mean, I assume it's hippie chick. I think it's hippie chick. What else could it be? It could be hip pie chick. She's really cool. She's into geometry. But it really read to me as hippie chick as soon as I saw it. I think it's a a chick who is a hippie back in the day, maybe, or maybe considers herself a hippie today. Maybe they like to go to like jam band concerts. Maybe they are into crystals and Reiki. She's casual. She's in a Volkswagen van. A spry girl who went to Woodstock. So it says hippie chick. H-I-P-P-I-C-H-K. What do you think that license plate hippie chick says about who you are? This is not a typical person. This is not a person that you can pigeonhole, you know? She's not what you think she would be. I'm Isaac Klein, and this is Vanity, the podcast that brings you the stories behind the plates. My name is Amy Montana. I'm a 66-year-old woman who lives in a condo in Chapel Hill, by myself. Thank God. It's so nice to live alone. I finally, a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, finally decided that I was going to get a vanity plate. The first part of Amy's plate, hippie, means roughly what you'd expect. My love and desire to be a true hippie, which I endeavor in life as best I can, to be relaxed to be serene, to take life as it comes, not be tied up in what the future is going to hold, make the most of now, dressing however I like, and not caring if anybody likes it or not, or whether it's flattering or not. I'm just going to do it because that's how I feel. The second part of Amy's plate, chick, means more than you might think. Okay, let's dig into the chick part. So does it mean that you're a, that you're a chick? I am a chick. I am a chick and I'm also a fanatic about chickens. I've always loved chickens from the time I was a little 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 kid and something about them is just so satisfying. They're fluffy and they're round and they're they make cool noises and they produce eggs and They just are not part of your normal world. To be fair, if you saw Amy's dark plum Nissan Rogue out on the road, you'd probably guess that chickens are a big deal for her. On my back window, I have a sticker that says, Crazy Chicken Lady. At Amy's home, her passion for poultry is equally apparent. Well, yeah, did you want to... Should we look around? Yeah, I'd love to give you a tour. Yeah, thank you. Over Amy's mantle is a vivid patchwork collage of an enormous chicken. I made that. Um, It's cut out of all different 
fabrics in all different shapes. There are chicken tchotchkes all over Amy's condo. I have these chickens, these little chicken pillows that I made. Oh, love this one, a fuchsia chicken. Oh, I, I have another chicken. Oh boy. I think it's a baby toy, but it's cute little baby yellow chicks, so, and it, its wings make noise. At some point during this tour, Amy's phone rang. I tend to ignore numbers that I don't know. Oh, I'm not answering. Amy runs to the kitchen to grab something else she's excited to show me. Which is a rooster mug. Oh, talk about chickens. That's what I'm here to do. Ta-da! She pulls out a set of dinner plates. It has like all different sorts of chickens and uh, I just went crazy wanting everything chickens. But I couldn't find chicken sheets and I'm really upset. And I think that everybody out there should let everybody they know request chicken sheets because that would be fun. Yeah, okay. Amy reminds me a lot of a character from one of my favorite movies. I couldn't resist telling her so the first time we spoke over Zoom. Have you ever seen the film Harold and Maude? Oh, of course. Yeah, I love Maude. Yeah. You have something of her energy to me in, in a wonderful Oh, thank you. That's such a compliment. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. I have slept with much younger men. If you haven't seen it, Harold and Maude is a 1971 movie about a young man and an older woman who form an unlikely connection. But Amy doesn't remind me of Maude because of her love life. Both women are eccentric, passionate, energetic people who live life to the fullest and march to the beat of their own drum. And they both live in homes that are vibrantly decorated. Amy's condo is bursting with bright colors. Lavender, pinky coral, purple, yellow, and a lighter green. Amy has created the environment, life, and identity she wants, including her own last name, Montana. She seems to be living her hippie chick life with unbridled gusto, but she didn't start out that way. I had a lot of fear growing up of not being conventional, of not being on the assembly line. You know, this is what you do. This is what you study. This is where you go to college. This is who you marry. This is, you know, it was very important to my parents that I was on that assembly line. Amy stayed on that assembly line throughout her childhood, silencing her wilder impulses, but she could never silence her love of chickens. When I was 11, we had moved to Massachusetts from Vermont, and I must have been really naggy about the whole thing because one spring, my father came home with one chick, which I fell immediately in love with, but he wouldn't let it in the house. He made me leave it in the garage, and it was cold. So it died after a couple days. And I was devastated, but they used that as a reason. See, they don't survive here. So no, you can't have chickens. Amy studied psychology at Vassar, graduated, got married, and had three children. But she didn't settle down. I would move to a different state every year, and I would change jobs, obviously, every year. I was searching. I was searching for 
a home. Early on in those years, Amy got divorced. As she continued to roam, she found various jobs as a teacher and a psychiatric nurse, all while raising three kids on her own. It worked out, and it gave the kids a nomadic experience growing up. It wouldn't work for some people, and I was just hoping it was going to work for them, because that was kind of me joining the hippie movement. By the year 2000, Amy's kids were grown, and the whole family was living in North Carolina. It was there that she met a man named Paul. Three months later, they were married. They bought a double-wide trailer on four acres of land out in Timberlake, North Carolina, where they lived happily together for the next eight years, until the day Paul died. He had multi-organ system failure. So everything just kind of collapsed all at once. It took me a long time to get over that because it was very, very sudden. Out of nowhere, he dropped dead in the driveway. And I just could not get back to normal for years. In 2013, Amy was still living in the double wide she'd shared with Paul. It was the fifth anniversary of Paul's death. I lit a memorial candle and I went into the living room and fell asleep. I woke up to this terrible noise and there was smoke everywhere. And I thought, oh God, did I leave something in the oven? No, I didn't. Um, the candle had somehow dripped wax onto the smoking chips that I kept on the hearth. So I walked into the den and there was this whole wall on fire. Amy tried to douse the blaze with water. And when that didn't work, she ran outside. I had the phone in my hand because I'm Jewish, called 911 called my best friend and said, call my kids. My house is on fire. It took my kids four hours to show up at the house because they thought, oh, ma, so dramatic. You know, just because I'm dramatic doesn't mean it's not true, you know, but they don't believe me about that kind of stuff. So they showed up and it was a black hole. It was completely destroyed. In the months that followed, Amy bought a new double-wide to replace the one that burned down. It was a chance for a new beginning. I started branching out because I had been very insular and withdrawn. And I was coming back into my own. And uh, my son had chickens. And I'm like, well, there's no reason in the world I can't have chickens. So let's do this. With help from her son, Amy set up a coop on her land and painted it in vibrant purples, pinks, yellows, and greens. She brought home seven chicks to roost and watched them grow into beautiful hens. There's a chicken treat called cackleberries. And I would go out on my back deck and yell, cackleberries, and they would all run to me so fast. It looked like a miniature Jurassic Park. And they would eat out of my hand. They would sit on my lap. They would sunbathe on my deck. They would come in the house. They'd drink water out of the dog bowl. They'd hang out with me. They were wonderful, affectionate, smart, great birds. Having chickens fulfilled a lifelong desire for me, which was incredible to be able to do. 
then I got sick. And I just couldn't seem to function anymore. And I was really dizzy and I, you know, it, it, I had no appetite and it was even hard to get into the kitchen to, to get something to eat. So then I continued to lose weight until, you know, I couldn't get off the couch. Amy has struggled with mental illness for much of her life, which can take the form of anorexia, among other things. I had experienced a lot of trauma. So I was suffering from P PTSD. And that started when I was a kid and just got compounded by many, many experiences and many, many relationships. So I've, the depression grew and the anxiety grew and the hopelessness grew. And I got to the point where I was like, I just don't think I can live anymore. You know, I just don't think I can ha hang in there anymore. So I became suicidal and tried a bunch of times. And this was my one failure. Every time I tried, it didn't succeed. In 2018, Amy's daughters and her doctor convinced her to leave her life with chickens behind and move closer to them in Chapel Hill, where she would have easier access to care. She sees a therapist regularly now. Last year, she spent three months at a nearby hospital for eating disorder recovery. You know, it's up and down. I'm in a bad period right now and have been for, you know, the last couple of years. But it's living in a way that you never know when your day is going to be the last. And the joy you can get in really minor things to really be present and appreciate what's around you. And I love it here. This is my little safe spot. And I'm surrounded by everything I love. I'm so glad. I mean, you know, spending time with you here, uh, I was a little surprised to hear of what your struggle has been because looking around and hearing you talk about it, it, it seems like such a space of celebration of, of yeah. living and joy. Yeah. Well, I do my best to surround myself with comforting and positive things. So if I'm having a very bad time, I can just sit there and look at the colors and look at the trees. And of course, she can look at her chicken decor. I just like having them around me because I don't have my real chickens anymore and I miss them. So I like, I like uh, seeing them and remembering them. After that interview, I got an idea. Hey, Kate, this is Amy. Come. Amy, this is Kate. On a Saturday afternoon, I took Amy to visit my friend Kate and her three-year-old daughter, Zora. They keep chickens in their backyard. Kate brought out some chicken treats. Yeah, they love those mealworms. Yeah, they are the You know, you're pecking me like this is Hitchcock. You know, I know you're hungry, but gee, I really am loving this so much. Finally, Amy got a hold of a hen named Chicken Run and cradled her in her arms. Chicken Run, okay, honey, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, I love you. Right now. What, what a good little girl. With, um... So soft. And so beautiful. And so nice. And so kind. And so strong. Yes. You want to come home with me? I'll feed you chicken. <laughs> That was a dirty look. <laughs> that was a dirty look you gave me. I know, right? How rude. How rude. Okay, baby, I'm going to put you down, okay? Thank you so much for sharing your chickens with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a nice meeting you. I can have one, Oh, good. No, it's good seeing you. Come on, baby. Bye, Kate. Thank you so much again. Yeah, no problem. That was fun, huh? That was so amazing. Thank you so much for bringing me. My pleasure. I love them so much. I miss them. I really do. But everything has its time. After our chicken visit, I dropped Amy off at her apartment. And I looked around again at the purples, pinks, yellows, and greens. It made me think of something she said earlier, which again reminded me so much of Maud, the character from the movie. Be the architect of your own life. And be the artist of your own life. You know, it's, it's kind of like I can do whatever. Whatever I want. There are no rules anymore. You get to paint the picture of your own life. And how cool is that? I wish everybody lived that way because it really is a wonderful, wonderful way to live. So if you want to sing out, sing <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Just call me Maud. <laughs> Amy and Maud really do have a lot in common. They're older, free-spirited women with a zany zeal for life. But it's more than that. Without giving the movie away, we find out that Maud has been through some serious trauma, and like Amy, she doesn't let it define her. She dances her way through the life she gets to live. She chooses to surround herself with the things that bring her joy. As I left, I saw Amy's hippie chick plate on her car outside. Hippie chick is who Amy is, no doubt. But having gotten to know her, I realize it's also who she aspired to be for decades, and who she still struggles to be on her darker days. But on that day, it seemed to me, she was just the hippie chick she wanted to be. This episode was written and produced by yours truly, Isaac Klein. The music was composed and performed by James Stewart. The podcast cover art is by David Littman. The people guessing the meaning of the plate were Robert Besseda, Jersey Gwizdowski, Jada Hester, Linda Lee McBride, Brigham Mosley, and Kiara Peacock. Special thanks this episode to Amy Montana, Kate Shepard, Zora Freelon, Chicken Run, Laura Hicks, Brian Suto, Mike Anderson, Yasmina Mayer, Tom Linden, Annabeth Poe, Laura Rule, Paul Quadros, John Bewin, Mark Robinson, the Triad Foundation, and everyone at UNC Chapel Hill who helped to make this happen. If you or someone you love is struggling, you can find resources at the National Alliance on Mental Illness, nami.org. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the ride.